Hello and welcome to The Two Tones, the official Carlton podcast hosted by Tony DeBolfo. Greetings, Tony. And myself, Tony Moakley. It is episode 20. Where, there do, are you, two, where do you start? But there are two <laughs> names that stand out like dogs proverbial. Yes. Speaking well, of... <laughs> you go first. Well, that has to be Fraser Brown. The, the dog man cometh. Oh. What a player he was. Oh. Um, uh, I always think back, when you think of Fraser Brown, Tony, you always think back to that moment in yeah. 99, yeah. the tackle and on Wallace. Exactly. It and still the, stands the dumbest test decision time. that man ever made. <laughs> the tackle of the century, I think yeah. they call it. Yeah. Um, what I'll, a great I'll just play. run the ball. All I have to do is get around... Fr- Fraser Brown, and then I'll kick it long. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> no, it's an amazing moment in, in football. And I'll, I do have a funny story to relate about Fraser that relates to grand final week 95. Yeah. Another landmark moment in Carlton history. And the wild rumours that were going around. Well, I'll tell you. Anyway, you go. Well, you might recall that Fraser was battling, I think it was an ankle injury going into that game. Yes. And was racing time to get the ankle in some sort of semblance of order for the grand final yeah. and was um, spent most of the week in a, one of those uh, flotation tanks down at the, at the uh, Alfred Hospital. Oh, was it, was it a, where they put divers in? Who yes, have been, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. What, what, what do you call those things? Those, uh, you know, those decompression chamber. Decompression chamber, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I at the time was uh, working for the Herald Sun and my brief was dog watch that, that week. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember going down to the, to the, the hyperbaric chamber and there was a window yeah. in there, and Fraser was in there, and you could actually wave to him. And the, I think it was the third day that I went down there of the week. He's in the chamber, and there was another fellow in there. And Fraser looked at me, having looked at this bloke, and and gave the old <laughs> <laughs> "This bloke's loopy." You know, coming from Fraser Brown, that's probably saying a lot. But I remember, he, you know, he, he somehow managed to. Uh, get his ankle right for that game. And sheer force of will, I would say. Sheer force yeah. of will, and you know he's in the record books as a, a Carlton Premiership player. What a what a great player he was, Tone. I I'll, I'll never forget being. I was working at a radio station at the time called Three Triple R, and there was a guy there called Chris, and he came up to me and said, um, "Have you heard the rumor about Fraser Brown? Have you heard what's, what the doctors are saying about Fraser Brown?" And I said, "No," and he said, "He's in the hyperbaric chamber," and I said, "Yeah, I know," and he said, "He's um he's Jackson." Pollocks have swollen up to the size of watermelons. <laughs> and well, I thought that's probably not the best way to go into a grand final. Yeah, well, I, I, I can probably put that rumour to rest. I, yeah. I, I think he was okay in the nether regions at yeah, least, but good. the ankle was the was the worry. But yeah. he got he got there. He, he did. Got there. He did. And the other player, of course, oh, come on. great G, G yeah. Southby. Um, oh. What a player! Oh. You know what a, what a player he was. Was uh, um, the subject of uh, an interview with uh, Mike Sheehan. Recently on yeah. Foxtel Open Mic, in which he talked candidly about his battle with depression, yeah. that basically kicked in the day after the '79 Grand Final of okay. all times, yeah. and it was uh, an issue he really had to deal with for a, a, a lengthy period of, of his life, and, yeah. and it was a really re- a revealing interview because he actually also mentioned how the the problem that he had was. Um, uh, had been passed down genetically. Oh, yeah, he yeah. And it does, it does exist in families. Yeah. You wouldn't have such a, you know, he'll always exist in my mind as that fresh faced kid with the great smile staring out from the Scanlon's card. Well, very true. And tell you what I remember at Southby the most is those. Those torpedo punts from full back from mm. the from the kickoff that would land in the centre invariably every time he, he executed the kick, and and you would think 
that when a player has got time, like the fullback does, to get the kick right, that they would actually uh, use the torpedo more as part of the armoury because they've got actual time to execute yeah. the kick. But obviously, you know, the, I guess it's a fine line between uh, affecting a, a terrific barrel mm. and, and getting it wrong and coaches I suppose frown on players doing it but um, it's lovely to see that kick well, in action yeah it is and, and it's all was too great exponent of yeah. it wasn't he yeah uh, so and uh, Lockie Ploughman too oh, where's number 20 doing, and doing a great job yes and just to finish off this little point uh, a few weeks ago Sergio Silvani came to the club to address the first and second year players yeah. and Lockie made a point of introducing himself to Serge after that meeting because Serge had worn the number 20 in his first year at Carlton um, before Ken Hands vacated the famous number one. So Lockie Plowman and Serge have a uh, a number in common that few people would realise. Well, that is fantastic. And he certainly um, is uh, up to the stature of those who've worn the number 20 um, based on his uh, current trajectory, I've got to say. I love the work of Lockie Plowman. Um, now, Tone, it is our, and I, you know, I say it every week. Well, I've, no, no, not every week, but I say it more often than uh, any Carlton fan would like. It is our melancholy duty to <laughs> to um, have a look at uh, Saturday night's game. Um, <clears throat> Carlton beaten by 65 you. points, a face saving just shy of 11 goals. So, a respectable 10 goals, five we lost by. Yes. Um, he, the first five, 10 minutes of the game were great. And then the rest of it did not go uh, according to plan. Let's look, look, we all know Carlton were beaten convincingly by um, Geelong. We know Geelong are going to be in finals contention. We know we're not. Nonetheless, um, how did you see the game? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Tony. It, it fell away. It fell yeah. right away after, a, you know, it was a promising opening. Um, um, look, it seems to me that, you know, the season is... Taking its toll on it's our young group. It's about five uh, weeks sh- too long. Well, it probably is. Yeah. I, I'm sure that um, neither the players nor the coach would want excuses made here. But realistically speaking, the the, the young bodies look tired to me. Yeah. Um, I think what was really noticeable was the inability of the players to lay a tackle, lay yeah. effective tackle. And to my to my way of thinking, looking at Carlton Geelong at the paddock, it was effectively boys to men. Yeah. I, I thought Geelong looked like giants. Alongside our guys, and uh, we, we, I think, seem to be monstered. We're also lethargic, you know. Just, just didn't have seem to have any spark or any yeah. uh, vim or vigor, you know, at the contest. And you know, we are under resourced. It's fair to say at the moment we've got you know two hardened midfielders down, uh, Cripps and Kerno. So that that is always going to put us, um, you know, in, in an awkward. Position, I suppose, to lose Cruiser then, you know, in the third quarter, mm. uh, it was probably Khan's best player of field to that stage, uh, meant that it was only going to be uphill. Mm. Uh, it was it was disappointing, no doubt about it. And um, it seems to me that the long hard year is taking its toll. And um, yes, it's uh, it's going to be a tough month, I, I think, ahead for um, the Carlton players, to be sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody doubts that, um, but. Uh, Tony, I did want to get your thoughts on the on the tackle on Cruiser, and uh, there was you know, lots of everyone had an opinion on uh, on what would happen to Patrick Dangerfield in the event the MRP has decided he will get a week. Um, uh, I'd, I'd love to know your two cents on that. 
Look, it's, it was, to my way, I think it was a bit of a line ball. I, I, mm. I mean, I've seen plenty of tackles like that um, escape um, ramifications the following week. Mm. Um, and yet also I've seen others that have been referred to the match review panel. Um, look, I, I think I think what was damning for Dangerfield was the fact that Cruiser didn't come back on. Yeah. And though I haven't been privy to the documentation... Um, uh, it was said that the the medical report wasn't wasn't great, mm. um, so um, I, I guess the the AFL judiciary had to weigh up weigh up all those details. And the fact that Cruiser didn't return to the field, I, I suppose, didn't augur well for Dangerfield. Um, you know, did he did he think that he was going to cause that damage by you know thrusting Cruiser into the turf? Maybe not, but. Um, it just goes to show players have to be extremely careful now about yeah. how they how they execute a tackle, how they yeah. do it, and 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 you know what they what they do on the field. Um, I, I think I think there was a great point I heard. I think it was Richard Hines made the point that in an incident like that, when there's so much riding on on who is involved as yeah. well as anything else, yeah. that um, the AFL took took perhaps uh, or, or came to the conclusion. That Matthew Cruz's brain was more important than Rodney Danger, Rodney. <laughs> Patrick Dangerfield's <laughs> brown life. Poor Patrick, he gets no respect. <laughs> um, I thought it was a great line that, mm. that Richard Hines yeah. used. Um, so, um, look, you know, it, it may well be that the incident has cost Dangerfield a medal. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see in the fullness of time. But the safety of the player is paramount. We have to. Um, we have to respect the players' wealth, yeah. health in, in this situation. Yeah, and, and I think the league has to be seen to be making a statement about uh, uh, about that sort of thing as well. Yes. Certainly no, no Geelong player was in danger of getting concussed by any of Carlton's tackles on the night because, oh, uh, gee, because of that. We just the differential in upper body strength, if you want to call it that. Yeah, it was, I, uh, that's true. That, that to me was extremely noticeable. And what was noticeable also, Tony, was when we did lay a tackle, Geelong still had their arms free. Yeah. The players still had their arms free to mm. you know, fin, you know, they flick the ball off. Whereas every time we were pinned, we were we were barreled, mm. you know. And I, I think that was what was most notable to me. You know, the, the, it looked to me that it was boys to men mm. in this game, and Geelong were were extremely aggressive in uh, close in. Um, they had uh, players in and around the ball. Um, one contested possession, got the ball free pretty quickly, um, and you know Hawkins. His cohorts up forward had a field day. Yeah, yeah. They um, were, well, he really it was a did. procession. Played himself back into some form. Um, just on a, a minor note, Tone, um, booing of uh, Zach Tui, I thought, um, don't get me wrong, I love the Carlton faithful, obviously, but I didn't understand that. I just, uh, that, Strange, that struck it? me as odd. Yeah, and, uh, it is odd. And I, I certainly didn't agree with it because, uh, you know, Zach Tui tried his heart out at this club. Very true. And, and you know, um, football is... Look, we'd love players to stay at the club for as long as they could, obviously, but uh, things happen, facts change, and, uh, and you know, good luck to him. That's I true. Say. No, I, I agree with you, Tony. In, in saying that, I think supporters pay their money, they're entitled to, you know, within reason, do what they want to do. But go and Hindo. <laughs> go your oh, artist there, couple, him. there was the odd hoot there for Hindo. Yeah. Too, I, I think. But, you know, you, you think about it, as time goes on and the game becomes more and more professional, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, and players are quite entitled to look after themselves because yeah, there's a finite life they have in yeah. the game. But what we what uh, the reality is now that the only 
the, the only loyalty left is, is the supporter. Mm. Coaches come and go to different clubs. Players go hither and thither. Um, everyone moves around, but the the, report, the supporters remain the constant. Mm. And I suppose I can I can understand the rationale, mm. but you know we don't know the story about why players like Zach and and Henderson left Carlton. Mm. But um, as I said, players have a finite time in the game, and and good luck to them. You know they they deserve everything they get um, because the. The, the window was only ajar for so long. True. And, I mean, you and I have been offered vast sums to vote for the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> and, and knocked it back yeah, every time, back, Tony. Yeah, We're right. not going anywhere. Now, now um, uh, it has been a year of green shoots. We, we've used that term a lot also on the uh, the two tones. But uh, Samo, Petrescu Skeeton. Uh, what a beautiful player he is. He just and, floats. I, I love the way, you know, those great plays we often say it seem to have half an hour to make yeah. a call and what they want to do, whether to kick or handle. And he just looks totally at, at, at home, you know, uh, in the heat too. I mean, they're, they're pushing him into the, um, into the, into the pivot. Yeah. And um, he's really, really taking, taking the game on. And it's lovely to see a player as blessed with so much talent as Samo Petrescu Skeeton is to be given the opportunity to strut his stuff, you know, and that's, he's had a great year, you know, and, yeah. and all power to him and, and good on um, the coaches for, um, you know, I guess, you know, giving him this responsibility to really um, ply his craft and show what he's capable of. Yeah. I, I thought he was, he was a magnificent performer for Carlton at the weekend and there was another moment in the game too that, um, you know, in a, in a bad, bad uh, night for the club um, These little things stand out But the, the one hander that Charlie Curnow took On oh, Lockie Henderson Yes You know these little moments like yes. that Where you look back and you think that, That's yeah. that's the future there And yeah. um, and that heartens you no end And uh, so Carlton supporters I suppose A lot of them are frustrated Some are angry But you know I say You know you look at the big picture And, and just ponder where these players are um, are going, you know. You know, think of where they'll be a year, two years, three years from now. We're seeing Melbourne, uh, you know, who perhaps were a little bit more advanced of us in terms of their development, mm. pushing for, um, you know, a, a top four finish. So um, we're not far away. You know, mm. we just have to be patient. Um, it will come, Tony. It will come. Well, look, um, you, you, again, one of the stories of this year. You, you, know, you look at Liam Jones. That's going to be one takeaway that will fit, feature heavily in the uh, in the highlights reel for 2017. Uh, the debut um, of Harry Mackay is another one. His uh, his goal in the first three or four minutes of the game on Saturday night was just spectacular. spectacular. It was great. Wasn't it great to see him with all that poise? You know, just weigh up the circumstances and and slot that goal. Yeah, um, he's a smart footballer. You know, yeah. who knows who knows his way around the big sticks and. Um, you know, what, two games in? I mm. mean, it's frightening to think where, where Harry Mackay might be heading as a football talent for Carlton. Um, again, it's just great to see the club getting games into these boys. And um, what we do know, Tony, with their young players it, is that they're only going to get better. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of their development, where they're going to, where they're going to head from here and where they'll end up. Um, that's a mouth-watering prospect for all can't support us, I feel. It really is. And, of course, you know, game time at the senior level is only going to do them good. Yes. And, uh, and uh, indeed, that was the, the thrust of Brendan Bolton's remarks in the, the press conference after the game, um, where I'm just quoting from him here. He said, uh, we said we're going to uh, – there are going to be some ups and downs. 
it would be a bit bumpy, and although it's difficult while it is bumpy, in time we think it will pay us back and we will learn from yes. it. So, yeah, look, yes. it's... Well, we, we're, only, we're less than two years into the reset yeah. of the entire plane, plane personnel uh, here at Carlton, and, um, and we, right now we're under duress, admittedly. You know, there are uh, mitigating factors, injury and so forth. Uh, however, um, this is a, um, a team on the, on the make, um, it's going to take a little bit more time, but um, in Bolton we trust Tony Indeed. And, and the players, of course. And uh, you know, draft day will give the club another opportunity to bolster its stocks. And um, you know, it'll be it'll be a very interesting period uh, the uh, the post season um, trade draft period. But there is still a month of games to negotiate, and that's the number one challenge for for um, Mark Murphy and the team. Uh, I want to speak to you about that in a second tone, about how we uh, approach the next four weeks in terms of list management, etc., etc. But we need the three votes for uh, the Carlton-Geelong game. Not an easy task, this one, Tony, at all. However, uh, I've done my best. I've come up with one vote to the the, um, the great uh, Matthew Cruiser. What a year he's having. I thought until he broke down, he was probably, or he was taken out, he was actually a best player yeah. uh, on the ground. Two votes I gave to Big Levi. I thought yeah. Levi was really clunking him again. Kicking yeah. well too. It was lovely yes. to see him finish off his, uh, his good work. And three votes to the man that we spoke about earlier, um, Samo Petrevsky-Seaton. Mm. I thought, um, you know, what was a bad night for the club? He was probably one of the, the um, shining lights. Mm. And um, I think we just, we're just getting glimpses of um, the genius of Petrevsky-Seaton. Mm. He's only going to get better with every game that he plays. Yeah, what I like about him is his creativity under pressure. And you know the ball is in a very safe pair of hands. And yes. That's a lot to save somebody in his first season. Very, very true. Doesn't panic when he gets the ball. Uh, it's such a glorious mover. And, and as you say, he's a capacity to weigh up the situation yeah. and invariably hit a target. That's, um, that's innate. You know? and, and loves being out there. And loves, loves being, being amongst out there. it. And doesn't mind being a bit lippy either, from, <laughs> from what I can see. So I do love that about him. So uh, well done. I think that's his first uh, three votes. Yes, it is from me anyway. Yeah. Um, for what that's worth, and uh, I'm hoping that it's the it's the first of many because he to me looks like a a player of the future. He won't, he wears the number five of Sid Jackson mm. on his back, and um, I think Uncle Sid would be pretty happy to see the way that uh, Samo Petrovsky Seaton is progressing with his career. Indeed. Now, Tone, uh, as I mentioned, the uh, we've got a run home of uh, is it four or five games now. I should know. Yes, uh, it's five, four. Four. I'm being reliably told by Grace. Um, now, uh, listening to uh, one of the radio stations over the weekend, the uh, what the scenario could play out that uh, you put uh, long-term injured players in for surgery, and uh, you just test, uh, or you you know you get game time into players who are um, showing some promise in the VFL. Yes. Yes. So uh, Smets, maybe. Yes. Um, Reese Palmer is probably another one that comes to mind. You know, there's uh, it's hard to know. Kieran, look, there's a couple of. Uh, players that are, I guess, are on the periphery. It could be close. D- mm. Dylan Buckley um, is probably going to undergo a hamstring test this week. Uh, he did get the call up, I think, a fortnight ago, three yeah. weeks ago, and then regrettably broke down. Matt Cruiser, of course, will have to wait and see with him, but hopefully he'll be right uh, for the Essendon match. Um, Casey Burns, the other one, uh, mm. who was um, battling, I think, a groin 
problem at the time. Uh, another player that's probably vital to Carl because he gives us run yeah. and a great rebounding halfback flanker. So we hope that um, that uh, those three players come up. We've got the old enemy in Essendon, the MCG. Uh, Essendon came off a pretty impressive loss, if you can have such a thing, mm. against the Bulldogs. Um, so uh, it'll be an enormous test at the MCG, but hopefully Carlton can show some resilience, Tony, and, and find a way to, uh, you know, fight through this little malaise. You know, it's mm. going to be hard. The, the toll uh, of, of a long season has been taken. Um, it is on the MCG, a bigger, a bigger ground, some more yes. distance to cover. And what do you do about Danaher? Who do you, who do you put on oh, him? Do you put Liam a, Jones? Do you get Liam Jones? Oh, I, think you'd, have to, I yeah. think you'd have to go for Liam Jones at the moment. I mean, Liam's been in great form, um, and uh, he's probably the one that's most capable of... Uh, Mixing it with Joe Denner, who's running a bit hot at the moment. Yeah. So, yes, yes, that would, in my opinion, be the first uh, go-to man for uh, the job on, on Big Joe. Well, look, um, beating uh, Essendon would certainly be a huge shot in the arm to Carlton. <laughs> so we would, uh, we would like to see that. Uh, I wonder if the, um, if the footy record will have a supplement. Um, covering the uh, the history of these two great teams, Tone. I'm not sure if they they will, but um, I guess I've run, I've run out of pubs, Tone. <laughs> I guess you can find out when you rock up to the MCG at uh, two ten, the old traditional game time on a Saturday, August the fifth at. The MCG. The home of football, Tony, and the, the people's ground. It'll be great to be there, and hopefully the boys can um, do the right thing. We certainly hope so. Well, uh, uh, that's all we have time for today, unless yes. there's anything else you wanted to add. I, I would only like to say that I had a lovely meeting with uh, um, a former Carlton player of yesteryear, Keith Ray, who yeah. turned 100 last Sunday, Tone. Uh, played a few games. He, Brighton Diggins uh, gave him the nod for his first game in 1939, could wow. you believe? And uh, unfortunately, his career was interrupted by his duties to king and country through the Second World War. He yeah. served in the Navy for many years. Um, there was a great photo, actually, on the Carlton website, for those who haven't seen it, of, of, of Keith in his um, Carlton Guernsey in front of a tent in Portsmouth in 1941, a military oh. tent. Um, I asked him, I said, what happened to the Guernsey, Keith? He said, oh, I went down the Mediterranean on one of the ships. But a great fellow, 100 years young, all power to him. Uh, may there be many more for Keith Ray, one of the great Carlton people uh, in this club's illustrious history. Uh, he's not being tested this Friday. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's put his head up, Keith, but uh, no, we've had to politely tell him um, no, we've got, we've got the numbers. Yeah, great. All right, thank you for that, Tony DeVolfo. Thank you, Tone. Pleasure to be here. Thank you to our producer, Grace. This Thanks, has Grace. been uh, The Two Tones with Tony DeBolfo and myself, Tony Moclair. We'll catch you next week. Go Royals.